Father, thank you so much for the lesson of Job. And it's not easy to read. But God, you're, you're sovereign and you do things according to your plan. And we don't understand, but you don't ask us to understand. You ask us to trust. And Father, I just pray that as we think about these lessons from Job, that you would work in our lives and help us trust you more, regardless of what is going on. And Father, we love you. Guide us now in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. What season of life are you in today? And when I ask you that, I'm not talking about your age, whether you're young or old or middle. I'm not thinking about your stage of life, whether you're young mom, grandmother, empty nester. But what season of life are you in concerning how God is working in your life? Some of you are in a sweet season today where everything is going great. Life is easy. You wouldn't change anything. Some of you are in a very hard season right now. Life is challenging. And you're not sure how you're going to get through the next day. And how do we approach God in these different seasons of life as God works? How do our prayers change in each season? Well, this week we looked at the story of Job and his prayers during the various seasons of his life. And the first time that I heard the story of Job, I was a little girl. And my daddy would read to me at night from the Bible. And so I remember this particular night, uh, he had a red leather chair, and I still do not know why Daddy wanted a red leather chair, but it was a bright red leather chair, and he would sit in his red leather chair and pick up his big black Bible, and I would sit in his lap and lean my head back against him and listen. And I remember the night he started reading to me the book of Job. And I remember I I leaned my head back and I looked up at him and I said, Daddy, why did God do this to Job? And he just kind of looked at me and said, Honey, um, God had a purpose. And we don't know what exactly that purpose was, but God had a purpose and he was working in Job during these difficult times. Now that didn't satisfy a little girl. And it probably doesn't satisfy us today. But we don't really know, but we know our God. And that's what we have to remember. The the book of Job's not easy to read. He suffered greatly, and it wasn't because of anything that he did. But God had a purpose in everything that Job went through. And God wanted to draw Job into a deeper intimacy with him. And the end result was good. The process, it was painful. And if I had to choose one theme from the story of Job that we could apply to our own lives, it would be along the lines of our women's ministry theme this year of drawing near. 
If I were going to pick a, jo- a, a theme for Job, it would be draw near to God in every season of life. Don't let the hardship and pain of some seasons pull you away from him. And don't let the comfort of seasons of blessing convince you that you don't need to draw near. Everything's great. So go ahead and turn to the book of Job. And in case you have trouble finding it, it's right before the book of Psalms. That's how I always find it. I go to Psalms and then I back up. And we're going to look this morning at six seasons of life that Job went through and how he drew near to God in each season. And so the first season is a season of prosperity and blessing. We see that in Job 1, verses 1 to 5. And as, he, as we begin this book of Job, everything was going great. Verse 1 gives us insight into his spiritual life, tells us he was blameless, he was upright, he feared God, he was turning away from evil. Job was doing well spiritually. And we learn about his family in verse 2. He had seven sons and three daughters, had ten kids. And I thought that first Ivan moms had big families with six kids. That was not, y'all are nothing compared to Job. He had ten. God blessed him with children. And then in verse 3, we learn about his status in life. He was wealthy, had lots of camels, oxen, donkeys, servants. And it also tells us he was the greatest of all the men in the east. And the east is referring to that area that was east of the Jordan River. He was well known. He was well thought of. Job was a godly man. He was blessed in every area of life. And in this season of blessing and prosperity, Job still drew near to God. He didn't become self-sufficient and try to live life on his own. He didn't forget God in the season of blessing. And we're told he interceded for his children in verses 4 to 5. He would offer burnt offerings and consecrate his children after they feasted together. And it's believed that these were probably something like a birthday. And when the son would have a birthday, they'd have a big party and invite the sisters. And they'd have a big feast, and then he would offer burnt offerings for them after that, thinking, and he said, perhaps my sons have sinned and cursed God in their hearts. He interceded for his children, asking God to forgive any sins He wanted his children to walk with God. He wanted his children to be right with God. And so life was good for for Job. And he continued to draw near in this season where he might have been tempted to say, God, I got this. I mean, I'm good. I know where to find you when I need you. And just gone on and done his own thing. But he didn't. He drew near to God in a season of blessing and prosperity. Maybe you're in a season of blessing and prosperity today where everything is going great. You don't have any big needs. You don't have any crises. Relationships are going great. You have what you want. 
when you're in this season, do you find yourself becoming less dependent on God in prayer because things are going so well? Or do you continue to draw near to him and thank him for those blessings? Don't forget God in this season. So the first season in Job's story is a season of blessing and prosperity, and he drew near to God in that season. But those seasons don't last forever, as I think all of us know. He went, now God moved him into a new season of life, and this was a season of loss. And we continue Job's story in chapter 1, verses 6 to 22. Verse 6 tells us there was a day when the sons of men or sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan also came among them. And when they say sons of God, they were probably angelic beings, angels, and they were called sons because God created everything. And so he's our creator, everyone is his child. But it's thought that they were angelic beings that were coming before God. Uh, Some scholars picture this like a heavenly council or court over which God presided, and the angels would come to him and give a report of what they were doing and what was going on on heaven and earth. We don't really know. But, But it is pretty strongly believed these were angels, and Satan came with them. And in verse 7, it says, uh, the Lord said to Satan, from where do you come? And he said, well, from roaming about the earth, walking around on it. That seems to be what Satan does. First uh, Peter 5, 7 warns us to be on the alert. Our adversary, the devil, prowls about like a roaring lion seeking someone to devour. And so the Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? For there's no one like him on the earth. He's a blameless and upright man, fearing God and turning away from evil. And did you notice in that verse that it wasn't Satan who brought up Job? It was God. God was the one who said, why have you looked at Job? And God pointed out his spiritual strengths, and then Satan's response was the only reason that this man is godly and serving you is because you're blessing him. But you take away those blessings, he's going to curse you to his face. And God responds and says, okay, I'll take you on on that. Let's just see. And so Satan, um, well, in verse 12, he said, Behold, all that he has is in your power. Only do not put forth your hand on him. You can touch everything he has, but don't touch his body. So Satan went out, he he worked quickly, and one day Job lost everything. His possessions, his animals, his servants, his children. Devastating losses. And how did Job respond in this season of loss when everything was ripped and stripped away from him? I love his response. He drew near to God and he worshiped. Verses 20 to 21. Then Job arose, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground and he worshiped. He said, Naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked I shall return there. The Lord gave, 
and the Lord is taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And in verse 22, through all this, Job did not sin, nor did he blame God. He worshiped God. In a season where everything near and dear to him was gone, except for his wife. And maybe that wasn't such a uh, big deal as we see later. He still drew near and he worshiped God. And maybe you are in a season of loss today. Maybe you've lost someone you love dearly. Maybe it's through physical death or perhaps physical separation. They're not here or they've walked away from you. Maybe it's the loss of your health. And the older I get, the more I grieve the loss of just certain things that I used to do when I was young. And I can't do anymore. Can't see, can't hear quite as well. A season of loss. Maybe it's a loss of money, material things, a position, a job. But are you drawing near to God in this season of loss and worshiping him? Or are you turning away from him in disappointment or anger? Seasons of loss are painful. I know I've been there. But we have to draw near and worship the one who knows what he's doing in this loss. Well, as hard as that season was, it got even worse. So the third season that we see Job in is a season of physical pain. And that's in chapter 2, the first 10 verses. There was another day when the sons of God came to present themselves before God, and once again Satan came with them. And God once again pointed out to Satan God, uh, Job's godliness. And in verse 3, he said, And he, Job, still holds fast his integrity, although you incited me against him to run him without cause. And Satan responded with a second challenge. In verse 4, he says, Skin for skin, yes, all that a man has he'll give for his life. But if you put your hand on him now and touch his bone and his flesh, he will curse you to your face. And so the Lord said, Behold, he's in your power. Only spare his life. You can touch his physical body, just don't kill him. And so Job began a season of physical suffering and pain. He was covered with boils from head to foot. And I've never had boils, but I can only imagine what that must have felt like. And his wife tried to get him to curse God and die. I mean, maybe she was just tired of watching him suffer. I don't know. But Job responded in verse 10 of chapter 2, Shall we indeed accept good from God and not accept adversity? In all this, Job did not sin with his lips. And so once again, Job drew near to God in this season of physical pain, and he accepted what God was doing in his life. He trusted God. And Satan was wrong about Job. Job was walking with God not because of what God had given him and his blessings. All those were gone now. He was walking with God because he loved him. Not based on what God was giving him, but just because he loved him. How do you respond in those seasons of physical pain? I admit, I don't like being sick. 
And I don't like being in physical pain. Uh, last December, I went through a bout of sciatica, which I know that's probably part of old age. I don't know, but I had never experienced pain like that before and uh, could hardly walk from my bedroom to the kitchen for breakfast and would have to take Advil to get rid of the pain. I don't do well. I grumble. I ask why. I just kind of mope around. How do we respond? Can we trust God and draw near to him when we're in that season of physical pain? And I want to make a comment here before we move on to the next season. The book of Job has often been portrayed as a supposed contest between God and and Satan. And Job was the pawn that was kind of getting pushed here and there. But that's not what was going on because at the end of chapter 2, Satan's defeated. He's lost. God has shown Satan that Job loves me, not because of what I've done for him. But do you notice that Satan is never mentioned again in this book? Never comes up again. And he doesn't come before God with another challenge because he realizes, okay, uh, I'm done. But Job's suffering continues. It doesn't stop at the end of chapter 2 when Satan is totally out of the picture. So it wasn't about a contest. It wasn't, he wasn't taking Job through this just to show Satan that Satan was wrong. He had a deeper purpose. He had a bigger purpose than that. It was beyond this victory in a supposed contest. He wanted Job to come through this and to know him deeper through suffering. And he used the challenges of Satan to bring about that purpose. And so now his journey continues. He's gone through a season of blessing and prosperity. He's gone through a season of loss. He's gone through a season of physical pain. And now Job moves into a dark season emotionally. And the fourth season was a season of despair and discouragement. And this is from chapters 2, verse 11, to chapter 37, the end of 37. This season of Job's life covers actually most of the book of Job. He was miserable. He had three friends come to comfort him. And when they saw just how bad the situation was, they raised their voices, they wept. Each of them tore their robes, they threw dust over their heads... All these were a sign of deep mourning. And in verse 13, they sat down on the ground with them for seven days and seven nights with no one speaking a word to him. For they saw his pain was very great. You know, it's a good reminder for us as we come along somebody that's hurting deeply, not just physically hurting, but emotionally hurting. Sometimes the best thing we can do for somebody in that place is just to sit with them and not say anything. Hurting people need comfort, not sermons. You know, when my daddy died, I was a senior in high school, 
And my best friend, Nyla, came over the day of the funeral early. It was like 7.30, 8 o'clock in the morning. I was still in the bed. And she came in, knocked on the door, came in, sat down on the foot of my bed, didn't say a word. And I didn't really want a word. And I just cried, and she sat on the foot of the bed and cried. We never spoke. But that's what I needed. Just be with me. Don't tell me everything's going to be okay. Just be with me. That's all I want. Somebody to just be there. That's the best thing we can do. Up to this point, Job had not blamed God for anything that had happened to him. He wasn't angry with God. Would he continue to draw near to God in this season of despair and discouragement? He did, but the tone of his prayers changed in this season. Beginning in chapter 3, his prayers turned from worship and trust to complaining and questioning. And let me just say, it is okay to go to God and to pour out what you're feeling. It is okay to say, God, I do not like this situation. It's okay to question. But we have to keep our focus on God's character as we unload on God. Tell them what you're feeling, but don't lose sight of who God is. And in chapters 3 through 31, all those chapters... Job and his three friends just go back and forth about the cause of his suffering. And his friends believed that he was suffering because of his sin. And so they were just saying, confess your sin, Job, and God will take away this suffering. There's a lesson to learn from that. We need to be careful about blaming somebody's suffering on sin. Yes, there are consequences to sin. And those consequences will bring about some form of suffering. But not all suffering is a result of sin. Job had not done anything to bring about the suffering. He was innocent. But God was allowing it for a bigger purpose than Job and his friends could see at the moment. And so Job began to defend himself to his friends. He knew he was innocent. And he began to question God. He began to demand answers. And he moved deeper into just depression and despair. He wanted to die. Why was I ever born if you're going to do this to me? Let me die now. He questioned God. Why are you doing this to me? Show me what I've done wrong to deserve this. He accused God in Job 10. He had some harsh things to say to God, like in verse 8, God, you made me. Now you're just going to destroy me? A little sarcasm there, a little anger. He began to lose sight of God's character. And then in chapter 23, he began to defend himself, or he wanted to defend himself. And get answers from God, but God was silent. You ever feel like God's silent when you want answers? And God accused, uh, Job accused God of being unjust. 
for allowing him to suffer when he was innocent. But there's people over here that are wicked that are prospering. It's not fair, God. Even though this was a hard season, even though he was in a season of despair and discouragement, he didn't run away from God. He kept drawing near to God in this despair. And he poured out his heart to him in lament. And again, it is okay to lament to God. David did. Tell him what you're feeling, but don't lose focus of God's character. Are you in a season of despair and discouragement today? Are you drawing near to him, pouring out your heart to him? Being honest. God, I don't think I can do this one more day, and I've told God that. I've told y'all before, I remember telling him, if you don't take my mom home, take me home, because I'm done. Yeah, There's just that season of despair. Tell him what you're feeling. But keep your focus on his character, not your circumstances. All right. Job then moved into a fifth season, a season of repentance. Chapter 42, the very last book of the uh, of this book of Job, verses 1 to 6. <clears throat> and in chapters 38 to 41, now God breaks his silence and he speaks. And he responds to Job's accusations and questions and he begins to question Job. Job, have you ever done what I've done? Have you put stars in the sky? Have you, you know, done this, done that? Do you know what I know? And my paraphrase of these chapters is something like this. Job, do you really understand who I am? Because if you did, you would not talk to me in this way. My daddy used to say, I think you're getting a little too big for your pants, young lady. He put Job in his place. Do your mom, do you moms ever tell your kids that you're getting a little too big for your pants? Nope. Britches. That's right, britches. That's right, it was britches. Well, Job responded in chapter 42, 1 to 6. And I'm going to read this because I just think this is the whole culmination of this book. Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do all things. He's focused on his omnipotence, and that no purpose of yours can be thwarted. He's focusing on his sovereignty. Who is this that hides counsel without knowledge? His omniscience. Therefore, I have declared that which I did not understand, things too wonderful for me, which I did not know. Hear now, and I will speak. I will ask you, and you instruct me. And I love this line, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now my eye sees you. Therefore I retract and I repent in dust and ashes. Job was convicted. God made his point in all those questions he asked Job. And Job knew he was wrong, and he drew near to God in repentance. And as a result, his relationship with God deepened in a way that he had not experienced before. Yes, he'd heard about God, but now I see you. 
Now I know you much better. He accepted his situation. And he surrendered his desire to know why. And God didn't give Job an answer to his why questions. But it didn't matter anymore. Because Job had a deeper relationship with God. And that was more satisfying than knowing why. Don't pray you'd understand why. Pray you'd understand more of God through the the journey. Nothing had changed for Job. He was still covered with boils from head to toe. He was still in physical and emotional pain. He still didn't have his possessions. He'd lost his children. All that, nothing had changed. His circumstances were the same. But God had changed Job through his suffering. Didn't change his circumstances, but he changed him. Are you in a season of repentance where God is convicting you of something and you need to confess? Draw near and confess. And let God take you further with him. And then we come to the last season that God took Job through in this book. A season of greater blessing. Job 42, verses 10 to 16. The end of chapter 42 tells us that that God blessed Job even greater than he had at the beginning of the story. In verse 10, it says, The Lord restored all the fortunes of Job when he prayed for his friends. And the Lord increased all that Job had twofold. He gave him more than he had back at the beginning, before all this started. The process was painful. But the end result was worth it. He had a deeper relationship with God than he had ever known before. And to top it off, God gave him more blessings. That doesn't mean that we're always going to see more blessings in this way. But with Job, God gave him more than he started with. Every season had a purpose in God's bigger plan. And so... God brought Job through several seasons of life to bring him to a deeper relationship with him. A season of blessing and prosperity, a season of personal loss, a season of physical pain, a season of despair and discouragement, a season of repentance, and a season of greater blessing. And Job drew near to God in every season, even though... There were times that he was angry with God and questioned him. He still drew near and didn't run away. You know, God's taken me through numerous seasons here in Memphis with my mom, with the ministry here, with personal things. And I can honestly say that through those seasons of blessings and challenges, there were times I wanted to leave here. God brought me to a, a deeper intimacy, and I wouldn't change anything. In the middle of it, oh yes, I would have. But now that I'm through it and I look back, I'm thinking, oh God, thank you. Because I know him better now than I knew at the beginning. 
Will you draw near to God in every season God takes you through? I'm going to close a little different today. Um, we're going to, I'm going to play a song, and I want you, I'm going to put up three questions on the, overhead, on the PowerPoint. And I want you to jot these down, and we're just going to give you a couple of minutes to think through these questions and pray about them, and then I'll close this in prayer. You can go ahead, Bethany. Um, you know, what season of life are you in today? And how are you responding in that season? Are you drawing near? Or are you pulling away? And are you willing to say, yes, Lord, I am more committed to knowing you than I am to preserving my comfort? Take a few moments and think those questions through, and then I'll close this in prayer. Father, thank you that it is well with us, no matter what is going on in our lives, because we still have you to guide us and lead us. And Lord, I pray that every season you take us through, that we would draw near to you and not lose sight of who you are. Father, help us. Regardless of what season we're in, we need you. And draw us closer to you. And Lord, I do pray we would be more committed to knowing you than being comfortable. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.